0: Clearly, really different because I'm I'm essentially American, Um, and so so you got here when you were six?
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: And so the my the way that I have absorbed Venezuelan culture is through my parents, not through the place. Yeah. And so it's like I have this part of me that is is my identity but it also isn't because in a way i don't really identify as a venezuelan because like it i was only six like yeah yeah. (laughs) and so there's lots of things that i identify with but at the same time like i haven't really kept up with the political situation because in all reality in all reality doesn't really affect me Very much like I have family members there, but I don't really know them. Yeah. Like I, both my parents have, uh, lots of brothers and sisters. And so I have like a million cousins. (laughs) Um, Um, and like, I don't, I don't know many of them. And so the, it's like a weird dissociation I have, but at the same time I have like aspects of the culture that have led into my life like just how venezuelan culture is like completely immersed in music regardless of like you yeah. said like both your parents are engineers like my dad's an engineer as well actually <laughs> yeah. um i think that's something that comes from venezuelan culture yeah. as well
1: Is that they're like you have to do something useful yeah but um, is the country of the engineers like for some reason that's like the career <laughs> of like choice it's like yeah. you don't know what to do engineer yeah
0: <laughs> um, but at the same time like everyone like knows music talks about music like greatly appreciates music um, and it's like in the same way that here in America people talk about sports yeah uh, music is that in Venezuela like and like my <laughs> my parents and family like my my aunt lives with uh, my parents. And so, like, they'll talk about how, uh, oh, who's this playing right now? Oh, it's this. And, oh, what year was that? And that's when that was. And, like, it's it's like this weird trivia thing that's, like, important to the culture <laughs> yeah. that it's important for them to know. But it, like, they're not musicians. They're not. And, like, music has a huge
1: role in that. Is that the same for you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, for me and my family, it's yeah. kind of like a thing, and it's interesting because in my family, sometimes we never necessarily had conversations about music, mm-hmm. but they just really knew about it. Yeah, like, even though if they didn't pay attention to it, like mm-hmm. my grandpa was like friends with like one of the best like Venezuelan folk singers that there was. Mm-hmm. The, his name was Gilberto Ibarreto. Okay. that is like that is a very important like folk mm-hmm. figure in Venezuela, and yeah. like, my grandpa was like friends with him. Yeah, because my grandpa used to like whenever he finished his he's a doctor so he when he was doing what is the thing whenever you graduate and if you have to go and like work for a little bit in like a residency yeah he did a residency in like a super small town and like mm. that's where that guy was from it's <laughs> so, like they were like best friends and he's yeah. like i oh, have all the stories drinking with that guy you know yeah. whatever <laughs> and i still like he will invite me to his concerts but i'll never go because i'm busy but you know stuff like <laughs> that <laughs> it's like and i was yeah. like dang which is funny because it's like i love the music of that guy so i was always like grandpa you could have like probably yeah you could (laughs) have kept contact with that guy and i would have been able to go to the concert But it's okay whatever
0: yeah um but yet like my mom's always singing like everyone's always talking about like the poetry that this songwriter has and it's like it's the spirit of venezuela and all this but like also no one's a musician but everyone (laughs) yeah (laughs) um and and it's even weirder too whenever they're also like Pressuring you to like, no, you you should be an engineer. You yeah. should be like get good at math. And it's like, but you're always talking about music, and it's really important to me. And it's like, no, but also like, you know, yeah, yeah you're gonna be an engineer like <laughs> me. Yeah, <laughs> did, did you feel that pressure from your parents? Yeah,
1: my mom was pretty like chill about it, and my dad too. My grandparents were definitely like they will give me this kind of looks whenever like I'll be yeah. like, oh, I'm gonna be a musician. They were like. Mm, yeah like my mom definitely like told me that she was like well okay here's what we're gonna do you're gonna start studying you can start studying music but if i ever see you because my mom like supposedly her biggest fear is that like (laughs) like at least least along her friends or whatever that they had like kid like their kids like study like uh Mm -hmm. pursue a career in arts and stuff Mm -hmm. like that her biggest fear is like she had one friend that like her daughter like Pursue like all types of career And like she was like a graphic designer And then she was a musician And then like another semester She was trying Mm -hmm. to do architecture And then the next semester And then she was a mess And she never graduated Yeah So my mom was like her big That was her biggest fear And I was like I don't want you So like my mom was like As soon as I see you like being flaky Mm -hmm. And like you're gonna study engineer Like I am gonna (laughs) force you to study engineer So my mom was like I give you like a year or two Mm -hmm. And if I see you being all flaky Mm -hmm. Okay
0: Yeah But there's a there's this this grit that comes with it too that um <laughs> my parents always complain about like oh everything's so like lazy in America and like <laughs> no. whenever like in school they taught us this and like we always did <laughs> like
1: Yes. Man, as someone that did middle school and well, as someone that did all his like Elementary and middle and high school education Like in Venezuela Like I can tell you Some of the things here in America are pretty lazy Yeah Like the other day I was at work And I just like I was talking to like my friends and stuff And I said about how I hated this class That it's kind of like I don't remember what's in, what could be the name in if in English but it would be like how to do like basic designs and how to like do proper mm. shapes and how to use like all the types of like rulers and stuff like that yeah. to do proper shapes and how to calculate them yeah. and you have to like pull out your calculator calculate the thing and then draw the line and then like calculate Ooh. another thing and draw another line and I hated that class yeah. so much. And it sounds them, like trigonometry kind of but, but it's sure. it's it's a little Focus bit more on right? the yeah, design yeah. part yeah, on, like, yeah. on the drawing part mm-hmm. and like, how to do kind of how to do like linear perspective and mm-hmm. all that stuff properly about coffee. yeah and i was talking about all that and all my friends were looking at me like what are you talking about and i'm like <laughs> you guys never like did that and they're yeah. like i have no idea what you're talking about and I, was like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like what do you mean <laughs> yeah no yeah and that's the
0: the weird difference of I, it might just be the size of America. Probably, yeah. Of that, like, you can't standardize something this big. And so the subjects are just really broad. Uh, and it's like, here's math, science. <laughs> and it's like, what about, you know, chemistry and physics and like microfluidics um, <laughs> like you can get that deep but it's like eh, that's for whenever you're yeah doing your masters in science and it's like shouldn't everyone know a little bit about some of all of these things anyways yeah. um, and that's probably where you know some aspects of having a quasi-authoritarian totalitarian government is like Everyone needs to
1: know this, do it. Well, I mean, that happens. It's kind of strange because it's like actually like that education came out way before like this government sure, that was sure. right now. Like that that like actually the government made it worst. <laughs> um, way worse. So, like, that was, like, a system of education that was, like, made. And it, it's kind of funny because, like, for it was already hard mm-hmm. for, when like, when I was in, like, in high school and stuff. And whenever the government was not super involved into, like, education. Mm-hmm. Way after I graduated high school, like, the government took over a lot of, like, mm-hmm. stuff that you can study in high school. And it got really bad. Sure. But and even, like, when I was in, like, in school, like, my grandpa would be like, ah, at your age, I was learning trigonometry <laughs> when I was in third grade. I yeah, was yeah. Like, <laughs> ah, yeah, whatever, grandpa. <laughs>
2: it's, like, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's just like...
0: Yeah, um, which I, mean, I guess it makes sense as to why there was, like, only
1: one music conservatory in in Caracas. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. And, like, in all Venezuela, I think there were a lot of, cons- like, conservatories and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, music schools, like, per se, like, they were not a lot. Mm-hmm. But and still, like, the conservatories are insanely hard there. Mm-hmm. And, like, the level, especially, like, in classical music, it's insane. Yeah. Like, it's... I, I used to go to, like... I. Kind of mentioned that I used to go to a lot of like free concerts there through El mm-hmm. Sistema. That like, yeah. just to like give people like background of what El Sistema is. It's kind of yeah. like a a program that helps um people that don't have the resources to like, and their kids to like. It's kind of like this program that like helps kids to like get out of like bad activities yeah. through music. Mm-hmm. And like the program was funded before the authoritarian government. yeah. yeah. And <laughs> then that government kept funding it um i was like the only kind of good thing that they did that was at least they kept funding it (laughs) sure yeah so that helped a lot of people to like be introduced into music there Mm. are an insane amount of musicians out there that they were like man straight up like i was poor in like incredibly poor and the Mm. system helped me gave me a saxophone or Mm. whatever and i was able to become who we are yeah who i was you know stuff like that so that system was incredible, mm-hmm. and they also put like put like free concerts, like mm-hmm. most of the concerts with like the Simon Bolivar Philharmonic, yeah, um, symphony orchestra. I forgot
0: which one is the title. Oh. <laughs>
1: it's like they're all the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> so like with Dudamel, the Dudamel is like I can't remember if he's like directing right now the the one in I think he's in California. Yeah, the L A. the L A. Symphony probably. Yeah, I think he's directing <laughs> that one right now. So, like, I will see that guy for yeah. free. Just like. Yeah, yeah. So.
0: But, I mean, he he is a product yeah. of that where luckily he was able to, like, oh, look, a brilliant conductor from <laughs> yeah. Venezuela. And let's just, like, pew. Uh, so, I mean, everyone, I feel like everyone from smaller countries has that thing. Like, Canadians do this a lot. Or it's, like, if there's an actor or something, it's, like, oh, they're Canadian. They're Canadian. <laughs> yeah. Like, Man. every everybody saw is, like, do the
1: Mel. That's us. Yeah. Like- <laughs> People, I think in Venezuela it happens even, like, more. I don't know. Like, it yeah, probably yeah. happens in other countries, but I feel that in Venezuela it's, like, even crazier. Yeah. Because we have been, like, out of, like, face with, like, the entire world for so long. Mm-hmm. Like, we are, like, my, like, our biggest fear is to become, like, a Cuba, you know? That yeah, we're, like, but- like, Cuba's still, like, on the 80s. Yeah. Because that's, like... Their government destroyed their country and it just ended Mm -hmm. up like that. So, like, Venezuela has been so out of face of things Mm -hmm. that, like, we get so proud when people actually make make it. Because there's, like, it's easier to name a bunch of, like, Mexican actors or musicians or, like, Colombian and stuff like that. But it's Mm kind of hard to find the Venezuelan ones. And that happens because a lot of issues between this government and the governments before that and, like, culture issues blah, blah 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 why we mm-hmm. didn't have like so many like actors musicians and stuff like grew mm-hmm. grew internationally yeah so like people get this like huge kind of thing it's like mm-hmm. <gasps> you know like the um, there's this actor named edgar ramirez that like mm-hmm. everyone has a joke that like we are all in love with that guy <laughs> like it doesn't matter if you're straight or not you're in love with that guy <laughs> yeah, you yeah. love that man mm-hmm. so like i can't remember what like the movies that he came out i know that he was like the evil guy and like the clash of titans what was that movie mm, no, like no. i don't know <laughs> like he had he's no, no. he's been in a bunch of like famous movies that i can't remember right now yeah which yeah. is sad i can feel all the like the Venezuelan oh, community yeah, like, already you like you you should know like i <laughs> <"You> should know, <laughs> <laughs> <You> should know. <laughs> but
0: yeah um, it was but like yeah in spite of everything that venezuela is right now especially like it's amazing to see oh these people rose above all of that but it's also kind of sad because usually the reason that these people rose above is because they left. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's a shame that I know that, you know, I'm going to reach a point where, okay, Venezuela seems put back together enough for me to go back mm-hmm. but that won't be for a long time <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um and i don't know like it's i'm i'm missing a part of me but i don't i also don't really know that yeah <laughs> um do you and and i see it with with what you do with like you put venezuelan music into like jazz and how I guess
1: this is a dumb question, but like, why is that important to you to do? (laughs) Uh, I think it's like a matter to like, I feel that like, how do we explain this? Because there's like two types. I feel that there's usually two types of like people that leave. Like when someone from Venezuela leaves, Mm -hmm. sometimes we are like either, it leads us that anger and the sadness that it's from leaving our country, what we know, our language, blah, 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 Mm -hmm. leaves us usually to take two paths or And they're kind of extreme either, I don't care about anything about Venezuela. And I'm just going to like completely disconnect from that. Mm-hmm. And there's people like that. They're just like, I don't care. I don't have mm-hmm. I don't care about the politics. I don't care about anything anymore. Mm-hmm. I am from whatever country they're living now. Yeah. And there's a the people that get, like, overly, like, Venezuelan after they leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, And they're like, I am going to use, like, have you ever seen those, like, Venezuelan hats? The ones that have, like, the three colors? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, like, yeah. The- and I'm going to use that hat I, I'm every- sure there's
0: someone, some hat somewhere in this house. Yeah, pretty
1: sure. <laughs> and, like, I'm going to use that hat every day. And I'm going to use a t-shirt that says Venezuela every day. Yeah. And I'm going to tell everyone that I'm from Venezuela <laughs> yeah. every single day. You know, and it gets to, like, this point is like, I still, like i guess my facebook feed and instagram feed is still like half in spanish so like people make this (laughs) memes about like some guy in like i have no idea in europe like he painted his house like the like the colors of the flag and it's kind (laughs) of like man that's too much you know just like you know so i feel that it's always important to like find a balance between Mm -hmm. that and kind of like well how do i can let people know that like Mm -hmm. where am i from like what is my culture what is important to me Mm -hmm. and it's also kind of like a matter to like grew consciousness about, like, what's going on. I want to, like, share to people. It's like, hey, this is a situation. just want to raise awareness about Mm -hmm. all this. But without being, like, overly, like, (laughs) ah, you know. (laughs) So... Yeah, I found that, like, jazz was a good way to do that. And mm-hmm. some, and it's a way that I can connect with the people that, like, that community that I share mm-hmm. without being, like, directly. Because I'm not playing yeah. it. Sometimes I'm playing tunes that are, like, folkloric Venezuelan tunes in a style mm-hmm. that is not folkloric at all. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I go grab a tune. I grab a tune and just play it swing mm-hmm. or just make it in a kind of, like, an, a different contemporary mm-hmm. weird ballad or something. Yeah, And people, man, that's a cool tune. And, you yeah. know, no one, like, thinks that that's something sure, folkloric sure. besides the title yeah. or... So it's yeah, kind of like yeah. my weight. Yeah. Dude. And then you get a vocalist. And like, ah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'd be like, this room will get that joke and no one else. But. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah. And I don't know. It, it, it feels weird to kind of ham-fistedly go like, hey, by the way, Venezuela's a shit show right now. And you <laughs> yeah. should know that but uh, but also here's music <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and it it sucks because that's what like every venezuelan is in like hey by the way i don't know if you know this <laughs> yeah. but like shit sucks right now in venezuela yeah. and like there's not much that i or you can do anything <laughs> about it but i feel like you should know yeah <laughs> um and yeah like I think I'm going to be, like, 50 before I go back. (laughs) Like,
2: I I don't... Pretty much.
1: I don't know. (laughs) Me neither. Like, I don't know when I'm going to go back, you know? Yeah. It is kind of strange. I feel Mm -hmm. that, like, one day I'm just going to go and I'm going to be, like, 42 and I'm just going to... Whoever I go, I'm going to be like, ah, that used to be the bar that I used that (laughs) I had my first beer. And then I don't know It's going to be a Walmart now. I don't know. (laughs) Right. Or, like... I don't know. Oh, there's going to be nothing.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that's that's the like worst case scenario. <laughs> yeah. But like, I don't know. And the other weird part, too, is that. We're also. Like kind of an afterthought to the rest of the world anyways. Yeah. Um. So it's like, would Venezuela even get like bombed or something if they got involved in like some Russian war or something? i doubt it just be like venezuela why do we need to send troops there like, <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but like it's still it's still us it's still my people it's still my family so it's like i don't know and, and up until
1: really just talking about it now like i don't i don't know what to do with it <laughs> yeah i it, it's complicated because you, like you just feel like should I do something about it? Should I not? Like, does it mm. help really if I you tell yeah. everyone like yeah. about it? Like, I think it does like raise a little bit of of awareness. And I think the only way that I could see it that like this might get kind of dark, but like I used to like when I was still in Venezuela, I used to like protest a lot and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So I remember like one of the important phrases is just kind of like always create noise. So mm-hmm. like the the government cannot like. Yeah Affect you So like I think Until a certain extent I know that the government Try to play this kind of like PR deal I guess To (laughs) like In the rest of the world And be like Well but we're a good Socialist country (laughs) And like We're doing everything It's pretty fun Everything like You know Everything it's great And some people Started buying it You know Mm -hmm. like Man, like, I have never been someone that, like, gets angry at anything in Facebook or anything. I'm Mm -hmm. always pretty chill, even if people put, like, dumb things. Mm -hmm. I've always, like, kept my calm. I don't, like, comment on Mm -hmm. anything. I'm just like, ah, people have their ideas, their thoughts. Mm -hmm. Until someone, like, straight Mm -hmm. up was kind of like, I don't know why Venezuelans complain so much. Like, I've read that your government is pretty great. (laughs) Ooh. (laughs) Man, that was the only day that I have like... I had to control myself I was like man I'm not gonna report this I'm not gonna come in But man. I was like angry Yeah Like oh my god Right Well Cause the other thing It isn't just
0: like Here's stories That like other people Like everyone has Their own story Of yeah. like I was in this And like There was a gun to my head And like it's Everyone has that story And it's like You can't just Oh well it's not so bad yeah. Like everyone has Like
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remember that my dad showed me a video about like there was like a clash of protesters in like uh, a U.S. embassy in in England, I think. Mm-hmm. So, and it was literally Venezuelan people against like a bunch of like British communists that were like, "Oh, Venezuela is great" and stuff like that. But there was no a single, there was not a single Venezuelan yeah. on that side that supported the government, mm-hmm. and they were like. They will try to interview them. It's like, why mm. do you support that? Have you ever been there? Do you know, know what mm. it is to be there? And they were like, no, but, like, we believe in their ideals and stuff like that. Mm. And, like, then they will interview the people from Venezuela. And they were like, dude, like, I came here, like, six months ago. You, you know, know, I got kidnapped. I got threatened by the mm-hmm. government. Stuff like that. And it's just like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I do understand sometimes that, like, sharing those, a little bit of that kind of mm. helps spread, like, take care yeah, of that yeah. misinformation that mm-hmm. someone might have. Yeah. But it's still not something that it, it helps that much, you know? Yeah. It's just kind of like a, t- don't support that government, you know? Yeah, it's just yeah. kind of like that. Well, that's the it
0: does help also to put things in perspective as well. Yeah. If we're like, oh, our government is like tyrannical here in America. And it's like, to an extent, yeah, but like...
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like, you don't know what Yeah, tyrannical. like
0: friggin helicopters throwing bombs on schools like how how tyrannical are you getting
1: you know yeah it's kind of <laughs> like here you still can say whatever you want you know you can yeah. just go in streets and be like ah, i don't like this guy or i don't like the other guy mm-hmm. and you'll be fine like yeah. no one's gonna like someone <laughs> might say like ah, i don't like you well okay cool that's yeah. it you know like in venezuela <laughs> if you put a tweet like i don't like this government like the next thing someone's knocking on your door and like mm-hmm. you're you're in jail yeah <laughs> so mm-hmm. you're like or Jail. Mm-hmm. Or quote unquote with, with jail. Quote, You're just yeah. like you just disappeared forever. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> um, and I mean, sure, it's nice that we can laugh about this, but like real shit. Yeah, <laughs> it is pretty terrible. So uh I don't know how to transition away from this, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um
1: Well, we were talking about like the the kind of like how do we connect with that mm-hmm. our roots and stuff like that yeah
0: um for me i don't know like i don't i haven't listened to enough venezuelan music i haven't (laughs) like been immersed in the culture enough to even feel like as a venezuelan be able to like oh here's a song i wrote in the style of like i don't even feel justified in that (laughs) yeah um but like i want to but I don't know yet. <laughs> uh, and at the same time, it's like... I don't... It's gotten to the point to where, like, I don't feel an attachment to... uh, Like, kind of any culture, quote-unquote. Yeah. In that... Uh, I was having this conversation with Jonathan yesterday. But, like... There is no pure anything anymore. You can't, like... Oh, these like Native American powwows are doing the exact same thing that they were doing generations ago. It's like they're probably not. And like there's a whole lot like they're trying their best to preserve it, and that's really good. But like to say that this is like a magical like preservation of (laughs) what that was is is ridiculous. And so like there's no like, oh well, that's not real jazz. That's not real (laughs) Venezuela, that's not Joropo, that's not like there's not really – we're all kind of experiencing music and culture and all of these things in in a, a floating point yeah. because we weren't – well, then I get to live for like 80 years. So like we, <laughs> we're not experiencing that much of what it is and we're really only regurgitating what we're experiencing. Yeah. Um, and what we like about it and just sharing that. Yeah. Um, so I mean like <sighs> – do you ever try to do like, oh, this is a real like arrangement of a Venezuelan thing or this or is it more just like here's just my way of doing it? Because yeah, you know, it's, can't have.
1: it's more like my way of doing things because sometimes like I still use my influence whenever I like, write a chart. I mm-hmm. feel that like sometimes consciously I use my influences mm-hmm. and be like, OK, I'm going to do this drum fill that like I actually know it from something that it's like an Afro-Venezuelan tune and be like, mm-hmm let's adapt it to kind of like a jazz and sometimes yeah. i do it unconsciously sometimes i come up with a melody and then like after i the chart it's like ha that actually kind of like mm. reflects a little bit of other things yeah yeah but i think what you were saying is pretty interesting that it's like about like opening to other cultures and like being just op- being multicultural and yeah, just yeah. like don't stay in this one thing i think that's the only quote unquote like benefit that like now we venezuelans are like all over the world Mm -hmm. that it's like kind of like it helps us get get over ourselves a little bit which is a pretty controversial thing to say but to give a little bit of background venezuela was one of those countries that went from being like really rich Mm -hmm. in the 80s 90s and stuff um to the point that like people never left venezuela like there Mm -hmm. were no immigrants from venezuela yeah like because we were never we never struggle with things like other countries like In Central America Had to yeah. struggle then, and like, People were going there Yeah Like mm-hmm. So Venezuelans were always like During their vacations They would go whatever They would go to Miami And spend a bunch of money And mm-hmm. be in Miami And then come back You know mm-hmm. Like no one had The necessity The necessity to go there And yeah. it's kind of funny Because I remember that like <laughs> I went to Colombia recently To like meet with my mom mm-hmm. And like we are talking To this ta- To this like Taxi driver And he was kind of like Man like It's kind of interesting Because when I was like A young When I was young Like Venezuelans were just this like rich kind of dirt (laughs) (laughs) that would just come here and spend money and then just leave like there would never be a venezuelan that was living here unless Mm. he owned like a crazy business sure that was it so i think this puts us that's why it's hard but at the same time it's beneficial Mm -hmm. because it puts us on a spot where like now we have to leave now we have to like get Mm -hmm. over ourselves because like. No one really cares outside of outside. It's sad, but no one really mm-hmm. it's really gonna care, you know. Yeah. Even if you're American and then you move to like France, you know, you're not gonna like complain about like <laughs> America all day. People don't care, you know? Yeah. Um, they're gonna be like, okay, whatever, just speak French and yeah, yeah, and yeah. work. You know, well, whatever. Especially in France. Yeah. Like- <laughs> <laughs> so like I don't know, I don't care. So like it helps us like deal with that. And that has led us to, like, oh, be more open to mm-hmm. cultures. And I, I know there's a lot of people that have a hard time opening to, like, different weathers, different cultures, different mm-hmm. ideas. So, people think that, like, we Venezuelans, we're super open-minded, but I think we're actually really not. Like, yeah. Like, at least the people that has left, leave live. All their live in Venezuela all <laughs> yeah. their life. Like they're really, they're really exposed to like their country. So like whenever yeah. they feel like, whoa, okay, now I'm I don't feel comfortable and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's hard, you know. And that yeah. is something that you talk to people from Mexico. They don't mm-hmm. care. They're like straight up. If I have to leave, I'll leave. Mm-hmm. And if I have to be somewhere, I'll just get good at it. And like if yeah. people look at me weird, I don't care. Mm-hmm. And I will just adapt. Yeah. Period Like yeah. they don't have any issue with that And <laughs> yeah. then Venezuelans are like Oh my god And then like Americans are They do this Or they do that yeah. And I'm like I don't care You have to like yeah. Adapt to that culture And open yourself Like I I love the Venezuelan Like like Kind of like What would be the word, good word Community that it's in here in Oklahoma mm. But there's people that sometimes I'm like They only hang out between themselves They yeah. never yeah. talk to like an American mm-hmm. So It gets kind of strange, and I'm just like, man, you Mm -hmm. need to like, you live here now, like you need to be able to open yourself.
2: Yeah,
1: and there's also like the diet
0: to full-on racism that goes on, which is like, we we don't talk about it in English very much, but like, (laughs) like, yeah, the like, oh. Screw the Mexicans over there Like it, There's There's a lot of hard racism That's just like Oh those black people over there Like it's It's Pretty Straight up just racism Yeah And Like I call my parents out on it Quite a bit
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah But like uh, <laughs> I've done it to my I, I've done it to other people too Like My family's pretty chill about it I guess mm-hmm. because of, like My family is kind of like I, I Like my family's pretty mixed You know mm-hmm. So like i don't know like half Mm -hmm. of my family is black then like i have some family that it's like from italy so they're like not directly from italy like four or five generations ago Mm -hmm. but they're still pretty white so like it's kind of like i never grew up with those concepts no one in my family grew up with those concepts but i've seen things like for example i'm never gonna forget um last summer i Mm -hmm. went to like visit one of my friends and his mom and like i was like helping them like because they were moving Mm -hmm. and this like this like kids and th- their dad came to help us mm-hmm. and they were like their dad had like tattoos and stuff and they were like this like pretty like big kind of like white guy with tattoos mm-hmm. and this lady was straight up like get out of my house like whatever and stuff like that mm-hmm. and she like told us in spanish she's like i don't want this like this white guys in my house and like yeah i'm like americans or like or, or green gringos yeah, i don't want yeah. these people in my house and stuff mm-hmm. like that and i was like just wanted to help with yeah. the couch
2: because it's yeah. pretty heavy. Yeah. You know?
1: <laughs> and like, that was really rude. Yeah. And Like she was just straight up mad about it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, yeah. I'm going to back off. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but I felt so bad. It's like, why do you need? What? Like, yeah that, yeah, that was straight up like racist. Yeah. yeah. That was discriminatory yeah. straight up. So it's like, wow. Okay.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I kind of get crap. My wife is white. Like <laughs> <laughs> My girlfriend is white So yeah. like And Yeah They kind of get Grab about it It's like Oh are you dating Like finding some Hispanic girl Some Venezuelan girl And I'm like
1: but Why do people Hispanic always assume to... that Because you're Hispanic You have to date someone yeah, yeah There's <laughs> always like I used to like When I lived in Tulsa One of my best friends Was like was Mexican And people always thought That we were gonna end up dating And it's like why Oh because you both like We're both what <laughs> Like yeah. say it, You know <laughs> It's <laughs> just
0: like It's not like <laughs> There's a, a weird thing. It's like, oh, well, you're you're both Hispanic, right? And it's like, oh, uh. well, like, <laughs> yeah. You're white, so are you gonna date someone white? You're like, you're gay. You have to date like the next gay person you meet. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's just, could we just be humans? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Let's <laughs> let's transition to jazz a little bit because I like. Uh, <laughs> um. I I need to, like, dive into that world a bit more. And I've been trying to, but it's like I don't – I'm scared. That's the, it that's the weird It is a scary thing. world. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, like, one, they didn't teach me enough jazz uh, to begin with. Uh, like, even with my master's, like, I did one lesson, like, one semester with Zach Lee. I'm like okay. that was the, the like, I got a whole lot out of that. I mean, exactly. Yeah, he's he's really good. Um, but like, there's this whole block of knowledge in music that I'm missing uh, because classical world is this way, contemporary world is this way, and because I did two years of vocal music ed at UCO, which is just straight up like classical like (laughs) classical and then i did contemporary music which is just like rock rap electronic yeah and the exact middle of that is jazz it takes the best things from contemporary world takes the best things from classical world and like puts them together and this like hey you want to improvise yes let's do that and it's free form and awesome and we can experiment hey you want to like get rigid and heady about it like we can do that and it's like a great place right there and that's kind of where i've been i've been torn between the two like i can you know i can draw you a 12-tone matrix any day like i'm (laughs) yeah yeah and i i know my theory and i you know music production i know how to Uh, I can explain to you ADSR and how transducers work and all of that stuff. But like the in-between where it's, here's, I feel like jazz is the bridge between your, your, your head and your heart (laughs) and contemporaries, all heart classicals, all head. Um, And I'm, I'm missing that. (laughs) How, how
1: do I make my way in, I
0: guess
2: <laughs>
0: Let's
1: see Everyone has, like, their own way to kind of, like, approach it Because it is a scary world And, like, mm-hmm. in my case, it was, like, a little bit easier Because I was, like, in a group of friends mm-hmm. So it's easier when you can just nerd out Like a yeah, group yeah. of friends Like Especially, like, when I was, like I started into jazz I was, like, around 18, kind of 17, 18 mm-hmm. And, like, I will hang out with a group of friends And we will just straight up, like we will go home and, like, pretty much our thing was just go home, go to YouTube, like, yeah, yeah. fine tunes or whatever, and then, like, meet in one of my friends' house and just sit down and be like, man, this there's this tune called uh, Spain by Chicoria. And, yeah. like, that was our tune to nerd out. And there's this video about, like, Bill Evans playing hmm. Nardis that it's incredible. And it's like, wow. So, it's easier that way mm-hmm. because you can like talk about it with someone and with mm-hmm. them we will try to uh, de- play it because it was a coincidence that we were like I will play I will play bass
2: mm-hmm. my friend
1: where we 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 will meet his name is Rudy he had he was a drummer mm-hmm. um and there was my other friend Carlos that he played piano mm-hmm. so we can just try to play yeah, you it had a little, little combo <laughs> at first suck at it and then kind of get better to the point that we did a couple gigs mm-hmm. um so it was nice to ease mm-hmm. into it that way. And school helps a lot, that community, mm-hmm. like, learning through it. But I feel that sometimes it's just, first of all, listening to the music, mm-hmm. kind of, like, getting a grasp to it to, like, actually enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And it's hard because mm-hmm. I first, like, I remember that I would try to listen to jazz for the longest time mm-hmm. and I wouldn't like it or I yeah. would be really specific with what I liked. Mm-hmm. And then there's one day that someone put a recording of John Coltrane that I used to not like. And then I'm like, huh. yeah, Now I kind of like. I can listen to it. Yeah. And it's kind of funny because I remember that, like, all my teachers would, like, send me, like, oh, listen to this person. And I will hate it. Yeah. And now I will, like, remember that. I was like, they mentioned what was the person? And, like, it would be some obscure jazz player. Yeah. And yeah. now I love it. I'm like, this is incredible how I did not like this. Yeah, yeah. You just have to, like, ease your way into it. And I think that happens with every genre. Like, mm-hmm. No one, you just put them that metal and l- likes yeah, them at yeah. the first. It's like, yeah, that's dope. No.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's... It's an interesting thing too, as a composer, it is a bit of, I do have to listen to every type of music and find what I like out of it. Because in a way, like I'm trying to grab as many tools as I can. For sure. And so it's like, oh, there's something here that needs this kind of feeling. It's like, oh, let me grab that out of death metal. Uh, (laughs) there's, There's something here. It's like, oh, well, maybe I might, you know, grab this from a death metal lick or something and then grab this like with a jazz chord like, (laughs) and it'll, and that's actually how we make strides in music and music culture. That's how Mm -hmm. we evolve is by like taking the things that we didn't know could be combined. and, and so for me, it's like, I, I do try and find the things that to, to like in every style of music. Um, and also, like, genres, kind of bullshit anyways. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, oh, what is jazz, too? But also, like, it bleeds out so much. Yeah. And, you know, you could listen to a song by, you know, some rock band. And it's like, that's just a, that's just a jazz song. <laughs> <laughs> um, and or you can listen to something that, you know, a jazz musician makes. And like, that's just a funk song. <laughs> yeah and it's like where does funk bleed into jazz or it kind of came out of it also yeah. but <laughs> uh like I don't know it's it's hard because there's there's so much uh pressure behind it in that world too of like you know the the old cats that are like that's yeah. not the thing that the yeah and I don't know that I think that's what pushes me away is the the purists who are trying to like well you're not really doing the yeah
1: (laughs) man it's it's tough and I can tell you that from Mm. like as someone that started on electric and then had to like Mm. figure things on electric I already had people like uh you shouldn't play electric on that that's not true and I'll be like buy me an opera then (laughs) yeah yeah but you um Purists are always scary. Like, yeah, yeah. And you will you're gonna encounter and purists have like different levels of mm-hmm. like deepness and annoyingness. Yeah. <laughs> like there's always gonna be the guy that like they're like, ah, you're not playing that tune, how it's supposed to be played. Yeah, like yeah. Miles Davis used to play, and it's like, but I'm playing it the way I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh Herbie Hancock used to play it. No, but yeah. it has to be the Miles way. <sighs> okay, yeah, yeah. Whatever, you know. Like yeah. you could get so deep into like so many aspects. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It is it, a scary it, world. It
0: does seem like
1: the the hero worship
0: does sort of transfer in each sphere, though, because in, like, classical worlds, like, oh, Mozart and Beethoven, <laughs> they're like these, you know, magical beings <laughs> that would create perfect music, um, and I, I don't know. It's sort of been a goal of mine lately that, as a composer, I have a responsibility to tell people that, like sure a lot of it did have a lot of thought and like theory behind it but also they were just dudes and they were like that sounds nice sure yeah <laughs> uh, and for music theorists to be like oh well the reason that this is a ascending melody to a descending melody has to do with how napoleon at the time was," and it's like that's i mean sure you can read that into it yeah but also like Could it just been a nice melody? He was like, let's do that. And then puts the chords underneath it because it takes work to turn an idea into something. And then, yeah, but it's not like, oh, before I write the symphony, (laughs) let me just lay out all of this historical significance and put out a thesis about why (laughs) this whole thing is five to one and why that means this thing. And so that's why it's like, no, there was like generations of just this is what a sonata form is and this is how you do it and this section you do this and it's like that's just what you do Mm -hmm. (laughs) so it's like there's no there's i guess you could say there's some magic there but it's not really like a (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah beethoven was some form of genius but like not to the extent that like
1: he thought of literally everything And he like, was a genius in the fact that he could create beautiful music in like different like what was different at that moment yeah and yeah i found that example because that's an that example that happened with the beatles there's a tune called norwegian wood mm. that like i remember i took i talk about that tune when i was like li- like taking a class about modal harmony mm. that it's like oh let the beatles stop because that tune is like modal and like it mm-hmm. does like a bunch of modal interchange and it's a pretty strange tune to mm-hmm. analyze. And it's pretty interesting.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And like people are like, oh, the Beatles thought about that and stuff like that. <laughs> and they like, Paul McCartney just sit down and analyze chords and realize their relationship. And it's yeah. like, dude, he was probably just high. Yeah, with a guitar. Right, exactly. And just sit down and be like, this sounds dope. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. Like, and then like, have you ever stumbled into
0: a scale? Like, yeah. Yeah, sometimes like I figured out a, uh, a double harmonic scale like by myself and I thought I would just like, whoa, I found the, (laughs) I found the sound and it's like, yeah, that's a thing. Like (laughs) it
1: it exists. Yeah.
0: (laughs) But like, you know, there's only so many combinations that you can move the whole and half steps in a scale anyways. So like, of course someone's going to be like, Oh cool. Like here's the, you found a mode. Yeah. Like you can do that. (laughs) And yeah, you can accidentally like, whoa we're in Phrygian now and cool yeah but whether or not whoever like Paul McCartney like oh he did Phrygian because of the (laughs) like how it related to the Arabian style because of the lowered seconds that's not really
1: (laughs) it sounds cool yeah it just (laughs) sounds cool but to approach to Jasmine to kind of like answer the question, big. I think the best way is kind of like approach it. I don't feel that it is kind of like it works the way in approaching it. Like a start historic, historically, mm-hmm. like kind of like how it like started and analyzing, not like deeply analyzing. Like I'm mm-hmm. gonna sit down and transcribe it or whatever. But maybe just look at a chart and realize like how like the changes, kind of funny change, <laughs> right? Throughout the right, right. time and like how kind of that affects. Mm. it sounds so like you know you start from like basic swing tunes that it, from mm. the 1930s and 40s yeah, yeah. and then like what did like charlie parker did and like mm. to make that sound completely different and yeah. you can kind of see in the melody and stuff like that mm-hmm. and that that is also a easier way to like get your ear around it mm-hmm. because it's like if you just jump in and you start listening to like bebop <laughs> be, not even bebop like the stuff that happens now like this mm-hmm. contemporary jazz like mm-hmm. i don't know like there's this album that i love but like how you have to build to it it's kind of like the last album by, by Brandford for marsalis mm. he's a sax- a tenor saxophonist okay he plays tenor or alto i think yes. he plays tenor. um but his his quartet released a last an album last year and it's amazing but it's mm-hmm. pretty out there you know mm-hmm. it's kind of like it builds all the way that like onto mm. like where jazz is right now yeah and if you don't know anything about jazz it's just gonna be like the heck is going on yeah yeah so like you kind of like get your hand like your head to understand this concepts. So you just kind of like go oh, charlie parker okay and then what miles davis did and miles davis is one of those figures that did everything you know yeah so yeah. like you can listen to just him playing bebop and then you can listen to his second quartet that was kind of like bebop but not really but it was kind of strange it was mm-hmm. called post bop and then yeah. he released um the weird have you ever listened to Bitches Brew? Yeah.
2: So yeah, he released. Yeah, so cool.
1: Yeah, and then, like, all that kind of stuff kept happening. And he was mm-hmm. keep, like, pushing in. And I don't know. You just kind of, like, start finding. Yeah. And it is one of those things that, like, mm-hmm. jazz is still one of the only things that I, that, that I. That, at least personally, it keeps me doing this thing that I used to do when I was, like, 15. That it's mm-hmm. kind of like, when you discover, like, a cool band. And I just got YouTube video from YouTube video from YouTube mm-hmm. video discovering new bands. Yeah. That's still kind of, like, I still kind of do that with jazz. Mm-hmm. So, it's mm-hmm. just kind of getting into, like, that, like, rabbit hole of, like, oh, who was this person? Or who was the other person? What kind of, what is their sound? Yeah. And then you kind of, like, take a peek at the chart. That, like, you can find now the charts in all the real books. or mm-hmm. the sold books. Yeah. Um. So... You kind of like get into like oh, he like at one point they just like oh you know what we're not gonna do like all this crazy changes anymore like Mm -hmm. Coltrane did this thing called Coltrane changes Mm -hmm. that are absolutely insane and it's pretty hard and then someone was just like you know what like I'm sick of playing that many changes let's do something more spacey and then like comes out modal harmony and this like Mm -hmm. eight bars of just A flat seven sus yeah that's it that's my tune deal with it
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's like wow okay yeah and. There's a lot of those actions and reactions to, and in, in everything. I'm gonna hold that thought, because it's very cold in here, and I can turn on the heat. <laughs> it is kind of. Yeah, dang it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's the stuff that? I mean, you just kind of mentioned this album, uh, but what's the stuff lately that has you going, like, man, this is this is the future.
1: <laughs> Man, the future. Um, <laughs> because there's two, there's two like kind of like sides to it. There's the people that like are like now like mixing jazz with so much stuff. There's people like Robert Glasper, mm. and um, Robert Glasper is this like pianist that try to mix a lot of like hip hop with jazz. Mm-hmm. And it's not particularly like my favorite thing to listen to. To be Mm -hmm. honest, I barely listen to it. But I do feel, I do understand like his influence and how much he's pushing Mm -hmm. to create, develop this like new style of music Mm -hmm. um, that is all together. Mm -hmm. Um, He was one of the guys that, like, oh, was it him? (laughs) He worked with Kendrick Lamar a lot. Okay. And there's people like Kamasi Washington. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, all these figures that are trying to get together. A bunch of new ideas mixed mm-hmm. with hip hop, R B, R and B, soul, mm-hmm. even rock music, mm-hmm. um, and they push to like a future of like cutting down those like barriers of genre. Yeah, and that happens in like in that side, and I think the other side is like getting into like more this kind of like contemporary idea of jazz, mm-hmm. where there is it doesn't have to be swing anymore. Like, mm-hmm. like, and I love that about like this kind of like new set of contemporary jazz because as a mm-hmm. bass player. This is kind of controversial, but, like, mm-hmm. I get tired of, like, playing a gig where, like, for boom, two boom, hours I'm boom, always walking bass. Boom, 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 like, boom, I get boom. tired of it. Like, I need yeah. to play something else eventually. Yeah. So, like, I either like to play, like, tune like Latin tunes or, or Afro tunes or, like, ballads mm-hmm. where I can break that up a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, like, this kind of, like, new idea of, like, contemporary jazz that breaks the barriers of oh, you have to play this pattern. It's more, Mm -hmm. like, free. It's more, like, connect with each other. Mm -hmm. Like, because before you kind of, like, it was kind of like a call and respond, but you still had, like, a rhythm behind it that had to, like, stick to it. But now it's, like, it's free. It's just, like, you Mm -hmm. develop from the other person's ideas. Everything in between, like, a set of, like, chord changes or whatever, or a form. But it's more interactive, and I love that. And they're mm-hmm. breaking, again, that barrier, at least inside of jazz, of like, oh, is yeah. this like swing? Is this bebop? Is this whatever? You know, like, what are they playing? They're just playing music, yeah. you know? <laughs> so.
0: Yeah. And I don't know. I, I noticed it kind of early, I I guess. But it's like, there's a lot of three can we just like just the 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 compound subdivision in everything and it's like even with myself like if i stay too long in like a triple subdivision i'll like all right i need to do something in four and yeah. i i sort of tend to naturally write songs in six eight anyways um but like or it's like all right i've been in four for a while let me go to five let me go to seven eight let me like try some different stuff because like I get sort of tired of rhythmic centers and I'm like, jazz is centered around this triple subdivision forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I don't know. I get exhausted of, of like, all right, let's like do something to change yeah. rhythm and time. Or, um, uh, one of my favorite bands lately is, uh, Sunlux and, uh, their, their drummer, Ian Chang, plays with like it's it's swing that's so heavy it's out of time <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah like it like he almost like you feel him fall into the rhythms even yeah and it's to me it's groundbreaking because it's like this is not this is not your time anymore <laughs> yeah it's his yeah <laughs> Um, and the, just the, the playing with, with time and rhythm and that like subdivision, like it's, it's not quite a 16th note, but it's like as close to the next beat as possible. And in time somehow, because he's like hitting that spot every time. Um, (laughs) and I I really appreciate how he plays with rhythm in that way and then how that plays into the rest of the band because it um the flow of the songs feel different. Like there's a heavy downbeat, but the spaces in between are somewhere else. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or um and then you can go the other route where it's like heavy electronics where everything is like heavily quantized and stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, which is kind of what I tend to make a lot of time out of laziness, but, uh, um, it's so much easier to like put the notes on the page and have it sound exactly as I wanted to. And then like, all right, now I have to humanize it, which means me playing it. It's already in place. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. So it ends up just like, here's a straight 16th notes on the hi hat or whatever. Um, but like i think i am always trying to find different aspects of everything which is why i've been like leaning into jazz a whole lot more lately because i'm i'm trying to find like the next thing that's just out of my reach yeah um and like it just out of my reach but that i can still reach you know like cuz yeah. there's there's this stuff like you could just all right, I'm going to learn accordion now. it's like, that's, that's a little, I don't, I don't want to do <laughs> yeah. that. Um, but instead it's like, all right, well I have all of this musical foundation. Let me like try and find these levels of harmony, these, uh, ways of using modes, these ways of using rhythm and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and hopefully in the meantime, I'll also get better at my instrument. um but also like jazz singing seems to be in its own sphere even outside
1: of just like jazz playing too (laughs) i know i there's a lot of like i can say i can actually send you all this stuff like there's Mm -hmm. like right now and especially it's happening kind of in new york there's been a shift, especially like some jazz singers have been like doing the shift into that kind of like contemporary kind of like jazz idea where like if you're a jazz singer, you don't have to be Sinatra all the time, you know. Like mm-hmm. People are already sick of that. Yeah. But I mean, jazz musicians, like Yeah, yeah. All people are you play Sinatra, <laughs> and you you get money. But yeah. the point is it's like I don't know, it's like this kind of like current uh wave of like neo like Jazz musicians mm-hmm. That are like Pushing boundaries Of like time And like Not get like What you said Like get bored Into like that It's always gonna swing And stuff And if it's gonna swing It's pretty open It's pretty like
2: mm-hmm. um,
1: Because it's like There's something That happens to me too Sometimes Like mm-hmm. There's certain recordings That I just kind of like If the drum If Even if the soloist Is amazing
2: mm-hmm.
1: If the drummer And the bass And like Whoever is comping Doesn't do anything interesting Besides just comping And the entire thing Is doing mm i need this to stop you know yeah, yeah i need something to happen and then there were people that were pushing the boundaries into that and like mm-hmm. that kind of happened on like something that was called hard bop mm-hmm. and it's like where drummers were very like the word is not vocal i guess but like with the drums mm-hmm. of how i'm gonna respond to the soloist and mm-hmm. whatever the soloist says i am gonna reply to him yeah like in the most aggressive way possible yeah. and that was already like a great like ooh, okay you know like mm-hmm. that was kind of like what our, there was a drummer called Art Blakey And his group mm. the, Art, the jazz messengers That they kind of like brought that Yeah, Like that guy Art Blakey That he was the leader of the group Was kind of like He was going to get in the middle of the solo He was like But always mm-hmm. like in a very melodic way He was going to yeah, re- yeah. reply to the solo And that mm-hmm. breaks a little bit That pattern of just always just Ah uh, it's just swinging and, Yeah yeah You know
0: What's what's just out of your reach That you're like Trying to go for With your playing <laughs>
1: Mm, With my playing I don't know I could get very technical I think classical Mm. We'll say Because it's like I still need to like Work a lot Into like my jazz playing My improvisation I always want to get better There's things that I want to Just do But classical Especially playing an upright bass Is that Magical world That like Mm. I Feel very like I don't know I feel very Insecure about Hmm. Because I've never, like, I never grew up listening to classical music. I don't Mm -hmm. know pretty much any of that. All the classical music that I know, it's from, like, the theory Mm. and yeah that's yeah. it and like the <laughs> concerts that i will go in venezuela that i will be like oh that sounds like a cool piece i'll remember it and, like, yeah I yeah. Did. <laughs> yeah so so but i know ne- i was never like influenced and in, like mm. influence i was never in an orchestra program and stuff mm-hmm. like that i did one semester in orchestra in UCO, and that was the hardest thing that i've ever done really yeah because i like, mm. just like i didn't have like the chops you know i didn't have mm. the sound and even if i could play something it was like i am not making the sound mm. you know because in jazz everything it's about to like Get your own sound, like imitate mm-hmm. people, but to the to the extent like the goal is to get your own sound. Yeah, in classical is not you have to sound very specific.
0: Yeah, or well, you want to fit the ensemble.
1: Yeah, and it's like wow, okay, how do I do this? And it's mm-hmm. it's still hard. Like I'm still kind of like. Working on it slowly, mm-hmm. like try to get better at the bow because it's like yeah. I still don't feel like the bow is like an extension in my hand, and that's yeah. what it should feel like. Because mm-hmm. you uh, talk to a professional violin player or a professional yeah. it's like classical bass player, mm-hmm. and the bow is just like an extension of it. Yeah. So,
0: <laughs> man, it, it is hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, is it also just like because that's a, a an interesting thing because like. Chops in jazz and chops in classical are kind of two sides of the same coin. (laughs) Yeah. In that, like, yeah, like, sure, you could say, like, oh, it's just playing a lot of notes, but not necessarily uh, because you want to do it tastefully. Um, But, like, sure, let's reduce it to playing a lot of notes. And maybe that does transition into, like, classical. Oh, look, here's a lot of notes on the page. But the difference too, is that like there's a kind of a an intent for the notes on the page, yeah. rather than whenever you're improvising, it's like, oh, here's a a cool, yes, chop e lick mm-hmm. that I'm doing um, that I'm just kind of throwing in here, but it like that's kind of a spur of the moment thing, whereas like there you can imbue intent into every single one of these like, you know, 16th note runs in this piece, uh, in a classical thing. And it's like, yeah, you want it to start this way and end this way. And this is how, like, you want to put an accent on this beat and stuff. And it's like, that's a lot to put into one space. Um, and (laughs) that might be why I tend to lean more contemporary anyways, because it's like, I am probably a little bit more heart than I am head, uh, whenever I'm performing music, which is like, I know what I, I know what I want it to feel like more than I really know what I need to do to make it that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. I don't know. It, I've been I've been battling with. um Being like the best at something like, and that's kind of the hard part of like, like you being a performer, you kind of have to keep those chops up to like stay at that level with everyone else. Um, and I feel like that ship has sailed for me. Like, I don't think I'm going to be like at the level of a session guitarist or a session bassist or like, like, even to some extent a session vocalist. Um, but like what I can do with myself is is the only thing that I can do. <laughs> yeah. um, and in some parts I'm like scared to, uh, I guess, let go of like, am I ever going to be a shredder on guitar? I don't know. And that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's scary, but it like it's hard to reach that point to where I like, I know my identity as a player or as a composer or as a because I'm still kind of uh, coming out of that phase of uh, making things that sound like real things, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, and really just making things <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that just so happen to sound like me. Um, I know I just was just thinking out loud and I don't know if you have like anything to say about that. I but.
1: mean, I found it like, I think that's a struggle that like every musician or every mm-hmm. person, like every creative person works, but like inside their own like creative world or like artistic expression, expression, mm-hmm. because I feel that all musicians, we kind of like are always scared of a certain side of the music. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't know. Like I am always scared about like the production part of things. Like Mm. I don't like I know how to record for Pro Tools, but that's Mm -hmm. it. I don't understand anything about (laughs) mixing. I don't understand anything about technology behind Mm. it. I have no idea. And for Mm. me, that scares me because people are like, everyone like now knows how to record (laughs) and do stuff by themselves, and I'm just like, yeah. Oh, I don't know. You know. Mm. So it's like it is. Oh, there's always a world about certain things. Like I want to get better. Like. Add, like, the business part of music that I feel that I'm kind of getting involved in it with the whole Saint session mm-hmm. and, like, in, in, like, jazz and being a bass player. Mm-hmm. But, like, that classical part scares me because i like, ah, like, it might, but, like, that raises the question. Is like, do I want to be a heavy classical player mm-hmm. and be one day just called by the Enid Symphony and be, like, hey, you want to play bass? Uh, yeah. Like, do I want that or not? You know? Yeah. Like it is hard and I think it's okay to eventually just get to the point and be like understand like what are going to be your limitations Mm -hmm. and I feel that everyone it's important that everyone knows like a bit of everything you know I think Mm -hmm. that everyone knows should know how to record and do stuff like that should Mm -hmm. know how to perform onto certain should know how to read music onto a certain Mm -hmm. level but like it is okay to like not want to do everything you know yeah like I don't see myself even though like I kind of do it right now and I put myself into like a very performant per like yeah, yeah. people think that i'm a performance major or stuff mm-hmm. because of like i'm always involved and i'm always <laughs> practicing and, and playing and stuff like that but then really that's not my end goal like my mm-hmm. end goal is not to like always play gigs you know mm-hmm. i like the management part of things i would like mm-hmm. to like manage a venue manage musicians like mm-hmm. s- more that kind of aspect that helps the music industry and the scene mm-hmm. without necessarily being like playing every night you know yeah like i want to get to the point that i can just I don't want to play gigs because I need the money, you know? Yeah. Like I want to be able to like play gigs, the ones that I like and that like are yeah. f- fulfilling for me, you know, mm-hmm. whether I p- it's my music or someone else's music that I want to play. Mm-hmm. But I really don't want to be in that situation when <laughs> I'm like, oh, I have to play for a wedding mm-hmm. in Weatherford, Oklahoma yeah. for hundred bucks because I need to pay rent. You know, like yeah, I yeah. really don't want to get to that. And even if it's a professional performer, performer, that you don't necessarily maybe have to take that. I don't want to be mm-hmm. like, I don't want to play in a big band forever, a professional yeah. big band or in a professional orchestra forever. I feel that that will like burn me
2: out really yeah.
1: fast out of something that I really enjoy, mm-hmm. and I feel that that's something that I'll and especially in, in an upright as an upright bass player. Yeah. This is kind of like a a thing that we don't say, but we do say. We only say sure. like around us. This is kind of like <laughs> man, that instrument. It's it affects us physically really bad because it's really big and it's really right. hard to play. So, like, I, sometimes I get back problems and, mm. like, sometimes it's hard to like carry. Yeah. And if it's cold outside, it sucks. You know, yeah. it's kind of like also being a drummer, you know, that you have to carry all this stuff. Yeah. And, like, most of the time people don't help you. Mm-hmm. And we do it out of the passion that we love it, but man, it is a hassle sometimes. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't want to be a performer all my life. Sure, so. sure. Yeah. And then that is okay, I think. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then maybe just be like,
0: can I just play electric for this one though, please?
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> uh, cause I mean, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Plug your stuff.
2: <laughs>
0: like plug your stuff. What, what do you got going on? Like promote your things. Oh, <laughs> yeah. let's
1: see. Um, well I work with Saint Session. So this is a, weekly Mm -hmm. jazz jazz related event that happens every thursday at saints it's an incredible pub an incredible venue in the plaza district it's an event totally for free so Mm -hmm. like you just bring your friends have some beers you know and just enjoy just tell people about it just yeah and it is kind of like i like saints as a Kind of like a safe space For like jazz musicians Mm -hmm. Or jazz related musicians Because I feel that It's one of the few spaces Where like People can bring the music That they like Whether it's weird or not And perform it And the crowd is usually Pretty acceptance Mm -hmm. about it Because If they don't like it They can just order their beer And drink it outside You know And most (laughs) of the people Sometimes just stay Just for the the heck of it You know Mm -hmm. They're like Huh this is weird but i'm just gonna stay you know because it's cold outside or it's hot outside yeah and i don't have anywhere else to go Mm -hmm. and like sometimes people it's kind of funny you see these people that come and they're like just hanging out or in a date or whatever Mm -hmm. and they just like stay and sometimes you can tell that they like it or not but they still like let's stay and let's have another beer and let's tip the band so it's pretty cool sure sure and i want to create that safe space because i feel Mm -hmm. that here in okc we don't have like a like a jazz, jazz club space. Yeah. Like, yeah. like in duet in Tulsa. Mm. I don't know if you've ever been to duet. Mm-hmm. It's like this incredible jazz club. It's the only like true jazz club yeah. in Oklahoma that mm-hmm. brings like the big artists and stuff. Sure. So yeah, I feel that like the same sessions is this and I'm trying to like figure yeah. out better ways to promote it. Mm-hmm. And it's a way of exposing people to that.
0: Uh, even if, yeah, if the musicians are playing like the weirdest stuff <laughs> yeah. in this set, it's like, Come and experience the the new threshold of what people
1: are playing. Because yeah. expose yourself to new stuff. It's great. <laughs> yeah. And it's like a great place for like if you have music that you'd like, I don't know if this works out or not, or if like mm-hmm. this is really weird or yeah. whatever, this is the place to play it, you know. Mm-hmm. Because if you get hired for a jazz gig, a corporate jazz gig, or you're playing for mm-hmm. like a bank.
2: You right. know, like you're not
1: gonna play all the weird tunes. That's where you have to pull out all your fly me to the moons and girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no.
0: yeah. There's I was talking to a friend the other day about how like there's a, a thing about like I was listening to Jazz Fusion and he was like, I just think of like rich white people whenever I hear that and I'm like, Yeah, it's crazy the level of musicianship that gets lost on the audience that seems to absorb this music yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay it's like yeah here's like a lot of notes and weird crazy rhythms um but like all they're gonna hear is like and like oh yeah nice yeah (laughs) yeah it's like you're not the the right audience for this yeah but I mean if they're paying, sure. <laughs> it's still
1: an audience, you know. Yeah. It is kinda hard with jazz because it's like I don't know, there's people that argue that it. it's like, ah, some people are just like they don't really like jazz. They just like the concept of jazz. So yeah. they just come to this gigs just kinda like to be, ah, I am cool. I like yeah. Jazz. But it's like <laughs> Doesn't it matter. It's still people that want to yeah. see you, you know? And yeah. like, not everyone has to like sit down and listen to your music and be like, huh, he used some culture changes. Oh, yeah, a, yeah, exactly. A modulation. And it's like, no one's going to do that. Yeah, you know, yeah. everyone's having a beer and like mm. enjoying, you know? Right. Unless there's another musician in the audience. Yeah. He's doing them, that. Like, something far between. Yeah. And mm. even them, like, sometimes musicians are there. And like, it is kind of funny when like I have other jazz musicians, like, especially like, mm. all, like tough jazz musicians yeah. go to other concerts in. You think that they're going to be all nerd out about, like, oh, yeah, that was a good, like, modulation there. Blah, 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 blah. That was one like, good change. No, they're yeah. going to be like, dude, that was the period. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Sorry.
0: Yeah. So, no matter what, enjoy yourself. Yeah. It's fun. <laughs> uh, Nelson, thank you for doing this with me.
1: Thank you for inviting me. Man.
0: Um, and do you have, like, social media or stuff? You- uh,
1: yeah. Um, I primarily, like, use Instagram at, at Gonzalez 03. Mm-hmm. And, like, and also, like, I recommend, like, following, like, Saint Sessions, like, at Saint Sessions and Instagram yeah. or just Facebook and also our partners of OK Sessions and Othello Sessions, which is a cool thing that it's similar to Saint Sessions and yeah. Norman. And, yeah, that's pretty yeah. much all Great the Great stuff media. happening
0: through that. <laughs> um, sweet. Uh, once again, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I'm Santiago Ramones. You can find everything that I do on my website, SantiagoRamones.com. I make music. There's, uh, I mean, I have a great variety of things on just like santiagoromanes.com/slash/music. And so it's like machinations, which my master's I, which was my master's recital. And there's like all my composery stuff, some of my singer-songwriter stuff, and I play with Power Cycle. We just had an album come out, too many damn cables, um, and we're gonna try and just like put out a whole bunch of music <laughs> this year, just because it's mostly improvisational anyways. And so we can just generate a whole lot of content. Um, and if you ingest it, you know, we're just going to keep putting it out whether or not anyone cares. <laughs> that's divine. Um, yeah. And just padding that resume. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're going to be playing in saints too. So yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, that's in May. I don't know if I should like promote that early ahead of time, but yeah, I'll be playing at saints. Um, singing with opaque um because i mean i got yeah i got everyone from opaque and then you and uh Logan Eve- from and maddie Fleep. so yeah um <laughs> so yeah i'll be playing may 7th uh i think that was what yeah they said. May um and going outside of my sphere as i talked about this entire pod- <laughs> yeah. podcast that like i'm foraying into jazz and so Um, it'll be really different from what I normally do. So come out and watch me stretch. (laughs) Um, yeah, it's, it's, I'm really excited about it. Like (laughs) I've kind of been putting off some other projects because I've been thinking about this one a little too much. (laughs) Uh, and, um, yeah, I was in my podcast, my three things, they Shape my life philosophy.
2: Those three things are love never fails. It's going to be okay. I might be wrong.